Hey everybody and welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast, episode four. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. And you're on a boat. Ship job. Didn't take too long. <laughs> we not... got sorted into our into our schools, our wizard schools. <laughs> Your wizard <laughs> schools. Bilge. <laughs> I... I got suave. <laughs> How do I get the cushy job of drinking with the cook? Oh, that's a... You have to yeah. be a gripply. You have to have decided your character was going to be a frog person for the French chef. That wants to eat him. <laughs> I do not remember seeing that in the player guide. <laughs> it was right there. It was right there in the player guide. It's like, if you pick Gripley in this campaign, Ambrose Krupp immediately recruits you as the... F- do you want to know how it actually happens in the in the game? Sure. He looks at your characters and picks the fattest one. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I so never you would had not be a, a yeah you wouldn't you're, you're bones oh, but like yeah. Grady was already a uh, so oh, so he yeah, picks yeah. the plug actually cares about like the skill level of the riggers so he picks the riggers first and then whoever's left he he points to the fattest one and they're the co- he he asks he, I think he asked first like does anyone have any cooking experience and you're supposed to like pipe up if you have like lore cooking. But if nobody does, then he just picks the fattest person. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Wits just got those thick thighs. Look at look at correct. those yeah. those fish legs as meaty. Yeah, he wants to eat you. Mm, taste is a better word there. I think I think Ambrose just has a weird sense of humor, and he thinks it's <laughs> funny that like <laughs> that there's like a frog, which in from where where he's from is a delicacy. There's a frog working in the kitchen. Hey, and you know, if the frog croaks, frog legs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If we, if we, <laughs> yeah. If he God forbid we lose wit. <laughs> like, <laughs> the ship, ship will be eaten good. Getting authentic Galtic frog legs <laughs> exactly. would be a, a treat. Exactly. Uh, and the gift that keeps giving. Well, I don't know what you do. Do you think the poison cooks off? Ooh, that's risky. it's like a lion, mm-hmm. like lionfish. You can cook them in a very specifically in a way. That yeah, he, maybe, maybe out, he right? knows how to cook a poisonous dart frog. Yeah, or, I mean, like uh, clownfish or uh, or lionfish, a, a delicacy, extremely poisonous. Yeah, yeah. So we can all agree, like that seems like the best job on the ship. Oh, yeah, by far best job. <laughs> the early like, indications, suggest early yes. indicators. Yeah, and the rest of the jobs are pretty shit. Yeah, pretty horrible. Yeah, tough indeed. Taxing for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm, mine wasn't horrible that bad though. I did just kind of run messages. Yeah, Kaya really got the the short end of that stick. Yeah, I, there's I mean, a swinginess to it. Like, like have you guys ever had to clean a bilge? No, um, thankfully not. I've not in real life. I've seen plenty and uh, plenty of bilges. Yeah. Where where have you seen plenty of bilges? Bilgeloversonline.com. Uh, like fishing boats, like bass boats. You you put your fish in a in the bilge, while you it's got uh, standing water. Yeah, if the pump doesn't work, you have standing water. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> is that the same as a live well? Yeah, is that different? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm used to as a live well. Well, it's like it's like it's like the poor man's it. live well. It's just the bottom of a boat is a bilge, <laughs> but like it fills with water. Like if it's a purposeful place to store live fish, that feels different than like a bottom. I mean, layer it's of a convenient boat. place to store fish. Like if there's gonna be water in it anyway. So do we need to start catching fish and throwing them in the bilge? Um, that'll be if one. You want to keep tasks. them fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so 
while Kaya was going through her task in pumping bilges, I, I know what bilges are, right? Mm-hmm. But I looked it up on Wikipedia just to learn more about bilges. And there's actually some pretty interesting stuff about how bilges would be segmented in old ships so that when the shift like or when the ship like shifts, mm-hmm. it doesn't all the water doesn't rush to one side and the thing tips over. Oh, it's like an oil there, tanker, right? right? There's mm-hmm. there's some interesting stuff in there. And my favorite line was that bilge water can be found aboard almost every vessel. Depending on the ship's design and function, bilge water may contain Water, oil, urine, detergent, solvents, chemicals, pitch, particles, and other materials. So the wormwood probably has some nasty stuff going on in that bilge. The bilge water oh. is no good. Plenty of particles. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't have to save against any diseases. Jeez. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you were pumping, so you weren't, I mean, you weren't pumping it into your mouth. <laughs> True. She needs to wash her hands really well after being down there. She's siphoning bilge yeah. water. <laughs> Take it all water. <laughs> Have you guys ever had a particularly like nasty job in real life? I got a quick question before we move on to that. Do you have arms? Yeah, she's got wing arms. Yeah, like, hands. Yeah, she has yeah, talent. Like, hands and hands feet. with all the fingers. Look at her arm <laughs> with yep. all the fingers. She's so got they're art talent you can look fingers, at. so they're a I little just, sharp. I didn't think you'd have so many. Yep. <laughs> All right, we can move on now to bad jobs. Well, I'm just asking if anyone had a... Now you're making it weird. We can move on now to the next segment. Boop, boop, beep, bop. Running, next segment. Running, banter.exe. Chris, is your uh, banter buffered yet? Are you... Uh... I mean, so my first job was Taco Bell, which... What was the builds like at a Taco Bell? Uh... There was some standing water that was collected. Like solvents and urine. Yeah, solvents, sure. urine, uh, potatoes. But you always talk fondly about your yes, job. It's it, it's not my it's not my least favorite job. So I'm, I'm kind of giving some some context here. Like the worst the worst thing at Taco Bell would be like if uh, the store was deliberately like understaffed and I would have to both make the tacos and work the drive through at the same time, basically with another like one other person. Uh, that was the worst part at, at that, but. My second job was in an assembly line for uh, a subcontractor that was providing Toyota with HVAC units for cars or whatever, like the air conditioning units. So I was initially on a, on a line where I was like having to wire um, like these these HVAC units as they were going down a line. You got to hit a certain rate an hour, and like if you mess up once, they've got like a one in a million like defect detection system that'll like penalize you or whatever. Like that sucked. <laughs> yeah. Initially, that sucked. But after I was working for a while, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? This guy can can work. Uh, let's let's bump him up to uh, staffing the components for this these like robotic units." So like on this line, there were all these people wiring the units, but the units were getting assembled upstream, and there were like some some robotic arms and cages that were doing that. And so the line had these two different robotic arm units that needed like trays. They had these trays of like plastic components that you had to put in a particular place, you push the tray up and the tray would center itself so that the robot could grab each component and like use it because it was all like fixed in position. So two people were supposed to work. Oh, uh, so you were feeding the units. bots? I was, I was feeding the bots, but they, it was just me. They put me on a line oh, for two people. So it was like run both of these because they, they, 
figured one person, if they were working frantically the whole time, could get both trays, like as a tray slid down, you, you put all the components on, you slide it back up in time to run to the other one and do the same thing for eight hours straight on like a second shift. So oh. like I got conned into doing that for like 10 bucks an hour and Oof. it sucked. Yeah, that's uh, that's no bueno. I think the like two jobs for one person thing leads pretty well into what I think my shittiest like work experience was when I was in high school, I worked at a pizza place and there was a period of time where management got really gung ho with the promotions and I was working Tuesday nights on, you know, during the night on like a school night on like a, you know, while I was in high school and there were just, we just decided to do half off pizzas on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I worked every, every year that I worked there. I worked the Super Bowl because I don't really give a shit about football. Those Tuesdays were busier than the Super Bowl. I remember we were pushing out so many people. And I was the only person working behind the counter for like the first couple months that we were doing it. And I was telling them like, guys, we got to get somebody else up here too because this is absurd. <laughs> we're moving so many pizzas. I remember there was one night where we had one of those giant vending machine size like heaters that would keep pizzas warm for the pickup orders. We filled the entire thing with the 18-inch jumbo pizzas, and then I was stacking pizzas on top of that. Like, it was unbelievable. I truly still get nightmares about half-off pizza nights, and, like, when I inevitably go to hell, that's what I'm doing for eternity, just <laughs> answering the phones and stacking pizzas. So that's awful times. Always Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. I had a job that was occasionally gross, I would say. I moved furniture for two men in a truck. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine the range of like places that you might move people and how they, you know, some of them are very prepared, have all their stuff together, whatever. Some of them, like you're packing all of their things. There were a couple of factors that made this job very gross. One was that I worked with a lot of heroin addicts and they were terrible and often like using customers' bathrooms to like do heroin, which was not Aww. good for, not good for high school, college age Griff's tips. I was not going to give you tips when my co-mover was doing heroin. I'm going to give uh, two men in a truck three stars. Uh, it's also driver a, shot up in my bathroom. It's also just not something like you want to be around at work. So Correct. That was, yeah. You know, mm -mm. so at least I think they, they at least drug tested the drivers. So like the drivers couldn't be. So you were at least with one guy that wasn't like on heroin actively at work. But then the other guy, who knows? And you get randomly set up with people. There were a couple moves that stick out in my mind. There was one in particular where we were sent to a house. We were asked to move. Open the door. Just the strongest scent of piss. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, no. No no prior warning. Just like, here's the pieces of furniture you have to move. Hoarder with an abundance of cats. <gasps> mm. We found a dead cat in the house. No. God. Like oh. fused to the carpet. Oh my God. That's horrible. And the situation had gotten so bad. Like I'm mildly allergic to cats. One of the guys on the move was allergic to cats. His throat completely swelled up. Like he couldn't <sighs> breathe. So he had to go back out to the truck. 
we called like we we moved like two things like two dressers and they were just like coated in like grease it was like oh so so we go back out to the truck it's it's me and two other guys and we're like putting our heads together and we're like we cannot like we cannot continue here like there's a dead cat in there there's shit caked into the staircase like the whole thing smells like the strongest pee I've ever smelled. We gotta call somebody. Yeah. So we so we radio, we radio back to the station. We get one of the managers out there. He takes one step into the house and goes, "Man, this is a biohazard. I can't have my movers moving anything in here. You actually Thank need goodness. a hazmat team to to do anything in this house. You, if you if you want somebody to deal with this, you cannot call a standard moving company." And he like shuts the door on her, and we like take off in the truck. It was something out of like a TBS show or whatever. Like it was like it was like hoarders buried alive, but like also like like we called we called animal control after the after after the move Good. because the lady had yeah. like ten cats still, and it was like oh. okay, well you can't have them in that kind of situation. Yeah, poor things. So that's like the kind of thing you move when you're a mover. Like you get called in for shit like that, and people have no shame. Just like no shame, like. Open drawers full of sex toys regularly, like all the time. Like just, <laughs> and you had to, pa- you would have to pack that. You'd have to, you'd have to like bubble wrap. You wouldn't, and- you wouldn't like pack it into a box, but you have to wrap the dresser so that like the drawer didn't keep opening. You find, I mean, you find all kinds of shit when you move a person's house. For Christmas one year, my parents got me a hoarder's T-shirt. Because I think it was on clearance at Kohl's, <laughs> and it just said, Hoarders, yeah, I want to keep that. <laughs> yeah, I want to keep that. Oh. <laughs> Who made this t-shirt? Like, from the TV Why? show? <laughs> yeah, it was the Hoarders logo. <laughs> that is whack. <laughs> yeah. It's like a step away from, like, a 16 and pregnant or, like, my 600-pound life t-shirt. It's like... I don't feel good like repping this. <laughs> my 600 pound life. Yeah, I want to supersize. That. Yeah, I want to eat that. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, just making fun of the people on the show. Yeah. Good lord. Anyone else have a particularly bad, uh, <laughs> bad job? I, Felt like working in the bilges. I I have more of a, more of a story of a hard job made harder. I uh, I think it was my first real official like. W two job. I was an umpire uh, for little league, and I th- the ages that I could imp- umpire were up to my age. But I started when I was in high school, just before I got my learner's permit. And in particular, this one game. Of course, it's during baseball season, super hot, and as an umpire, you have to have all the. The, the chest plate, all of the gear similar to a catcher. But this one particular game that I was working uh, was the all the kids' first year as kid pitch. And so a, a lot of new, uh, new to the game, new to pitching. And one of the kids hit another kid with their pitch. And that happens. And usually it's a, a brush it off type of situation but in this situation the opposing coach started yelling at the pitcher 
that it was an intentional action of this child to hit another one. And then the other People coach. Are dumb. <laughs> the other coach got involved. And as the 15-year-old me had to call both of the coaches to the plate, grown adults, <laughs> and say, you're being ridiculous. These are children meant to be having fun. You need to... <laughs> this is their like, first time pitching. <laughs> keep that in mind, because at this time... The rest of the team, like, so I, I called the time, I like called an umpire's timeout. Both teams kind of separate, huddle up, and the team in the field is centered around their pitcher as he's crying because the Aww. other, because the other coach was yelling at him. Like, both of these coaches told him to calm down and if they're ever going to do any of that again i'd kick him out but i'll throw your ass out of here i'm 15 <laughs> I, and i've had to do that i i had to do that as in a different circumstance kick oh. a it was a it was a parent that was just standing behind me and yelling profanities <laughs> About my calls. You're uh, out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a tough situation made it harder as 15-year-old me had to talk sense into grown adults about children not intentionally hitting each other. Do you ever have, you ever have a bunch of wasted fans? Parents getting real drunk at the little league game. <laughs> no, no, thankfully not. No, no bad. Shooting ads. up heroin in their movers' vans before they. <laughs> I also had a job surrounding sports that was horrible, and that was working the concession stand at the hockey. Oh yeah, game. I forgot you were Ooh. a concession gal. Not for a long time, but it was Scorching enough. Nacho cheese. Yeah, that was so foul. Um, on top of what that, it was like, it's a small rink, like a real small rink. And the locker rooms real close to the concession stand, which means during the game, totally fine, totally fine. Uh, after the game, the stinkiest, the stinkiest uh, yeah. of smells. Mm. You're mixing, you're mixing mm -hmm. roller dogs and roller rinks. Yeah. Roller dogs. Yeah. Hockey gear is notorious. Hockey gear. Hockey gear stank. Ooh. Nacho sauce. And buttered popcorn. Oh. And also, sometimes just sprinkle in there little cappuccinos and hot chocolates. So you just get like sweet and sweat and cheese and butter. And it was horrible. Why haven't you ever made any roller dogs for me, babe? <laughs> Why do you want that? I don't know. You don't. You don't. <laughs> Let me tell you. You don't. <laughs> Haley, it could, it could hey, just be a hey, thing. Guess what? Could be a thing. We didn't I know had. how to clean the roller dog thing. Oh. Yeah, that's what I want. I'm Give getting you guys a roller, roller dog, dog thing for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Just like common yeah. kitchen appliances, Instapot, uh, yeah. rice cooker, blender, <laughs> just hot dog roller. Hot dog roller. <laughs> just like cast you know, iron, you have to season it. <laughs> you gotta season the roller uh, that dog shit machine. Was seasoned. <laughs> Should seen a couple seasons. Visibly so. <laughs> Oh man, there's a whole grease trap like thing on that, and that's the only thing people knew how to clean. So yeah, take sips from that during your work day. No, that's foul. <laughs> Keeps you going. The bilge well, water. What would you rather? What would you rather? Sip of bilge water, 
Super roller dog grease trap. Haley is gagging, visibly gagging. Mm. Grease trap. You think grease trap? I grease think it's grease trap. It is, so. it is like edible stuff. That, right. That I'm worried about like bilge water, piss, and perhaps we not dwell on it too too long. Chris sees me actively going green. Yeah, yeah. Like so. she's turning into the Hulk. <laughs> a, a visible manifestation of queez. <laughs> I have also had some uh, unpleasant food experiences since I do work in the food industry. And oh yeah. yeah, you probably have the grossest like normal job of us. And uh, in in my graduate days, I was in a food micro lab, so you could imagine a lot of smells could come from that. Not all of them very nice. I think the grossest thing that I've had to clean up myself was some samples of chocolate milk that were not mine, but they were left in the fridge way too long, burst in the, in the cooler, and had turned like jelly. Mm. And so, oh. and it was cold. So like I'm scooping out chocolate milk jelly out of this industrial fridge and having to get the whole surface clean and then take the jugs of spoiled chocolate milk and dump them down the drain to get rid of it. And the smell was awful. And so now I'm much more on top of other people's samples. So we don't have to do that. Wow. We've all been press ganged, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) We sure have, Griffin. By capitalism. Capitalism is really press ganged the whole group of us. Some of us got cooks makes jobs. We got a you Taco Bell. Some of us were swabs. Real swabs. Let's hope we never have to descend back to those level of jobs. Yeah. What I'm what I'm getting most is that like food production is probably the the grossest, you know, in uh, general. If you don't yeah. keep it clean, it gets yeah. gross yeah. really fast. If it's well oh, kept, yeah. it's fine. I worked at that baby formula factory, and it was not bad at all, except for the chicken days. They brought in all the ground chicken. That was like bones and all. Oh. Bring well, that in in like a tank. Speaking of ground chicken, we got a keel <laughs> hall on the watch. Oh, oh sure. Boy. So I got to give out a hero point. Boy, oh boy. This one, again, I'm just kind of giving them out around of the group, but I'm giving this one out because I was genuinely shocked. Uh, Atlas gets one. Oh. I can't believe you got the rigger job. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> You're Truthfully. a psychic, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, was, wow. I was like, I was like, ah, that's definitely gonna be like Kaya's getting that. Mm-hmm. Kaya and maybe maybe Grady. Like I, I figured Grady at least had a decent athletics. Uh, I knew uh, even if Wit got it, they were gonna be the cooks mate. So I rolled pretty consistently well. I am trained in athletics, so that definitely helped a lot. But yeah, I was very surprised myself. So glad to have. Okay, jobs for now, and uh, appreciate the hero point. Yeah. Cheers. Well, when last we left our heroes, they began their first day aboard the Wormwood. They were grouped into jobs based off of their proficiencies, mainly based off of if they could climb a rope quickly and if uh, Ambrose Fishgut's croup liked their company. And so... Now that the group is separated, they perform their jobs, attempted to influence and infiltrate 
uh, around the ship and got some information, swayed some opinions, especially with Cutthroat Grok. And Kaya especially learned some information from the Bilges from a, I guess you call him like a death row inmate. <laughs> I mean, basically is what, is what he is. Uh, Jake's Magpie, soon to be no longer of this world. Rumor has it he's being keelhauled in a minute here. I, I don't want to belabor this any longer, but I think a lot of people probably know the word keel hauling, but maybe not don't realize exactly what that means. It's and so it's bad. Really oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. describe it. Oh. All right. <laughs> Everybody that doesn't know what a keel hauling is you're, is going to know. You're after gonna this learn. <laughs> clean your holes, folks. Scrub them clean. So the bell for bloody hour rings and you're on the main deck. Master Scourge, who is the master at arms of the ship, is the one to deliver the punishments. Grady, Mr. Plug does pull you aside before bloody hour um, after you're doing your work. You know, you're quite good at climbing, quite shit at tying knots. Good thing you had Ratsburger up there helping you. But if I gotta pull you aside for a bad day's work one more time, you're gonna be a part of Bloody Hour. I'll try to do better next time. I think it might have just been the poison coursing through my veins from last night. <laughs> might have had a little something to do with it. I see subtlety's not your strong suit. Hey, well. Join the rest of the crew watching Bloody Hour then. See what might be awaiting you for tomorrow. Aye, aye. And, uh, and then the rest of you gather for Bloody Hour. And a couple of the members of the crew, luckily none of the people that you know are up against the mast first getting a couple cracks of the whip from Master Scourge. You see that the general punishment is three lashes. Doesn't look like anyone gets more than three today, but a quiet drops over the crew as... Jake's magpie is brought up from the bilges to the main deck. As Jake's is brought to the deck, he is unshackled and his hands are tied together to a long rope and his feet are tied together to another long rope. For... The crime of killing another member of the crew, which Jake's magpie was caught red-handed and admitted to, he will receive a fast keel hauling. However, we do believe in an eye for an eye on this ship. And if Jake's does come out the water on the other side alive, he'll be drugged through the depths again. Till the job's done, then. 
and he nods at Master Scourge, who pushes Jake's magpie overboard and then braces himself on the rope that he was tied to. He and Mr. Plug and several crew members begin to pull the rope at a relatively swift pace as Jake's is lashed against the side of the ship and begins to be pulled under the waves below. You can hear him utter one final yell before his head is brought underwater. The tugging continues for about 30 seconds before you hear this blood-curdling scream as Jake's head rises from the depths on the other side. Most of the crew can't help but look over and down as he's dragged up the other side of the ship and he is nearly skinless on his backside where the barnacles ripped his skin to ribbons writhing in pain against the ropes Jake's continues to scream this deafening shrill scream nothing like the way he talked to Kaya before this just agony he's drug across the deck at this point would not be able to stand and they continue pulling the ropes and bring him under once again this time they leave him under the water for over a minute slowly pulling the rope and what comes up the other side is barely recognizable. He's mangled, pulped by the hull of the ship, by the barnacles underneath, by the back-breaking tightness of the rope tugging him across the very bottom of the ship, nearly cutting him in half. Mr. Plug takes one more check to make sure that he's dead and then tosses the body overboard. Let that be a lesson to all of you new recruits. We take our punishments seriously on the Wormwood. Well, let's eat. He leads the the crew below decks for uh, for a meal, for dinner, dinner and a show, dinner and a show. It's hamburger helper. Oh, stop! You're all served the um, the fish stew that Ambrose was working on when when Wit met up with him. It appeared that he had already finished the daily meal 
before they had their little bull session. Mm. <laughs> and so dinner leads to leisure. And we'll get to the other part of a pirate's day. Okay. So, in the evening time, you can, uh, there, there's a couple things that you can do. Everyone will have to take their rum ration. You can decide to try and sneakily avoid the rum ration by pouring it out. However, that will require a check, and you may be punished for wasting rum. <laughs> I'm very curious as to how, how Grady is going to going to react to that. The well, rum ration? To wasting rum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the rum ration. <laughs> Both. Should we take our fortitude saves now? Well, that all depends. So you're given fish stew for dinner, and you're each provided with a rum ration, expecting that you'll drink it. You have an option here. Obviously, drink it is one option, and that will require a fortitude save. The other option is to attempt to dump it or conceal it in some other way that will also require a check i'm drinking it you're drinking it okay yeah i'm gonna absorb it through my bones <laughs> now this does count as a poison that's good if any of you have resistances to poison i do i i, th I think wit does with their Poison hide ancestry, but let me double check. Grady will also drink it and chase it with a shot from his uh, Superman's flask. <laughs> Kaya will drink her ration as well. I think this late in the day, Atlas, though a, a very grounded individual and knowing what he was going for with a, the whole piracy thing, things are starting to settle in that this is going to be a lot more difficult and awful than he expected the idea crosses his mind of trying to dump out the rum but he's gonna try and keep it down for the night at least for this night well i got a 23 on my sick i'll let you all know how you do once everybody's decided what they're doing didn't everyone decide they're drinking it yes wit is still gonna drink it i just need to double check the poison hide ability if I greedy got a 16. Okay. 11 for Atlas. As Haley said, a 23 for Calypso. What's Kaya got? 20. Hmm. I do not see it. So then it is just a straight roll. 19 total. Okay. Everyone but Atlas is fine. Atlas, after about 10 minutes, you start to get tired. Um, you are fatigued. I think this is just the cumulative effect of getting drugged last night, trying to combat seasickness all day, and he was watching the horizon earlier, which helped a lot, but he's still not quite there, and throwing a little liquor on top of a queasy stomach is no good, so yeah. He's got he's got that fatigued condition now. So let's talk a little bit about fatigue, because now two of you are fatigued. So, fatigued as a condition is uh, is that you're tired and you can't summon energy. You take a minus one status penalty to AC and saving throws. Uh, you can't use exploration activities, perform while traveling. Now, in general, 
you recover from fatigue after a full night's rest. While on this ship, because there are so many potential sources of fatigue, mm -hmm. if you get fatigued and then another thing would cause you to become fatigued, you do not recover from fatigue overnight unless you take the nighttime ship action sleep, in which case you will forego doing any actions at night and you go to sleep right after dinner. But just having, but just having this one will clear itself will up. clear itself in Got eight it. hours of sleep, like like normal. So both Kaya and Atlas's fatigue will go away. But for instance, if Kaya had also failed on the rum ration, then she would need to sleep, or else be fatigued tomorrow. So speaking of nighttime activities, there are a couple things that you can do. Sleep is one of them. Sleep uh, mm -hmm. means you go to bed early and sleep through the night, automatically recovering from fatigue. You could gamble, play or gamble on a game of chance or pirate entertainment, attempt a new fortitude saving throw or relevant check to recover from fatigue. You can entertain, which is to make one performance check to perform and entertain the crew. You can influence, which is to attempt to influence a single NPC. You can sneak, which uh, at night is a little bit different. You can take time exploring one area of the ship. You get a plus three circumstance bonus on a perception check or other skill check, but you must make a check to avoid being discovered. So at night, when people aren't all over the ship, you have to avoid detection. You can also steal, which is an attempt to open a locked door or locker. You can make a check to avoid being, or you have to make a check to avoid being discovered. So, to perform an action unobserved, you need to make a thievery or stealth check against the DC based on the th difficulty of the task. So it's a high, the highest DC is if you're trying to do it in like a crowd. The middle DC is if you're if you're like exploring a room during the day, or uh, attempting to open a chest in a room while people are sleeping. That'd be like the middle DC. Uh, the lowest DC is if you are under cover of uh, a suitable diversion. So like if Calypso was playing music or something and fascinating people and you had a diversion to sneak off. So if you decide to do the entertain activity. I do. Um, that would be like performing a sea shanty or a story. You spend your nighttime activity entertaining the crew. You need to make a performance check to perform. Uh, if you succeed, you gain a plus one circumstance bonus on all charisma-based checks made to influence any listener among the crew for 24 hours. A critical success is a plus two to that check. Failure is no effect. Critical failure, um, if you try and perform again, you're ignored by most of the crew. You need to, you need to like coerce them to actually listen to you. For the betting, you need to have a little bit of gold to do that. Uh, or a little bit of coin. The minimum bet is five copper. There are several activities that you can bet on. Arm wrestling, which is what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> hog lob, which is a game where participants throw a lob, a lead ingot covered in grease piglet skin called the hog, as far across the deck as possible. Uh, you know, this one is kind of like a range attack roll type deal. And then there's a game called Heave 
This is a potentially deadly drinking game played with rum and takes place between any number of pirates who bet to predict the winner beforehand. Each pirate drinks half a pint of rum in one swig. For each consecutive drink, the DC to resist the effects of alcohol increases by one. Pirates take turns drinking until only one is left standing or the other forfeits. Good way to get fatigued, uh, but is also a, a betting game. Uh, we'll work off of the Shackles rum ration uh, mechanics. You can also, instead of influence a single NPC in this time, you can use a diplomacy check to gather information. Uh, like I said earlier in the daytime activities, this will allow you to, you know, if you're asking about a particular crew member to influence or a particular room, you could find out information about the ship or the crew that could be helpful. For instance, like if, like what Haley learned about Grok, like Grok likes to listen to songs from the Shackles. That might be something that you could use in the future to influence her. And many characters have something besides diplomacy that you can use to gain their favor. With that said, you're all kind of sitting at a table together. You've had a fairly brutal day. What are you talking about at, t at the table, at like the dinner table? What are you, what are you planning on doing tonight? I think Grady wants to offer some words of reassurance to people, especially if they haven't, you know, experience has been kind of brutal so he's gonna you know in in lean lean forward and maybe say in a little more hushed tone than usual is i know we find ourselves in a bit of a pickle here but there's a way out potentially it's just gonna take some work we spend two maybe three months at most working these jobs gaining the trust of the crew and then at some port of call when everyone takes shore leave we sneak away. <laughs> Easy as that. We just gotta tough it out a little bit. That does not agree with my plan. I know you've got things going on here, but uh, we're up against a lot here, fellas. I also believe that is mighty presumptuous that we will get shore leave. Well, we gotta build the trust first before anything else happens, all right? We gotta develop a rapport with these awful, wretched people. I admit, this day was a little bit more difficult than I thought. I am feeling a little worse for wear, and... I can't imagine what those of you who have been serving below decks have been feeling. It's been quite a day. Speaking of, uh building the trust I met with Grok on my assignment. Is she as horrible as the rest of them? I do not think so. But I did find out two things. One, she hates the nickname they give her of Cutthroat. And two, she loves the music of the Shackles. So I actually got back my instrument. And I think that any of you could probably talk to her and she would be more willing to give you back something important. This might be a good time for me to bring up 
one more point with the nighttime activities. This is different than the daytime. At nighttime, you get one action. However, you can choose to stay up late, getting up to three actions. However, for each additional action you take, you must make a fortitude save or become fatigued. The DC gets higher for the more actions you take. Did any of you make friends today? Unfortunately, I was stuck up in the crow's nest. Not much opportunity to talk to anybody else up there, even if it is easy job. That sounds better than the bilges. I did not, well, I didn't quite make any friends, but I, and she lowers her voice, I did talk to the man that was killed today. I'll share more later. I'm assuming we're in a large open area with a lot of other people. Yeah, I mean, you guys are you guys are all on the, um, I believe you all take your meals kind of like in the cargo. So like right outside of the galley. So you're all kind of like, it's the same size as the main deck basically, but you're all in there. <laughs> you and everyone else, except for Harrigan and the officers. They don't take their meals, uh, or they don't always take their meals with you guys. So, like, you notice that Plug and Scourge are not down here tonight. There are a couple other officers that you haven't gotten a chance to meet, uh, but some people you maybe saw while you were on the ship. They're not taking their meals with you. Grok is down here. Uh, Ambrose is obviously serving the food, which might lead you to believe that, like, the two of them get treated a little bit differently than some of the other officers. Yeah, and and that's about where Wit would would speak up and say, "My time with with Ambrose wasn't wasn't half bad. In fact, it was as enjoyable as as it could be under the circumstance. For what it's worth, Grok and and Ambrose stay in a." the small quarters beside the galley. They were previous crewmates of Harrigan, but they don't seem to be uh, quite on the same level as the rest of the officers. Then it sounds like they might be great allies, especially when we take the ship. <laughs> I imagine you guys are, uh, <laughs> are sitting with some of the, some of the friendlies, probably, uh -huh. probably, probably kind of, you know, if you're at a table, you're, you'd rather sit with the people that you have already met. And I think Rosie would pipe up here. Now, Calypso, you said Brock gave your, your instrument back. I'd do just about anything to get my fiddle back. Do you think she'd... I actually tried today. I went, went over and asked and was turned down. I'd love any help in getting that back. If you put in a good word for me or something, if she likes music, I'll play whatever she wants. Do you think we should do a duet? Well, I can't do a duet without my instrument. I mean, I could sing, I guess, but... I know that that's our end. We, we ask for the fiddle to do the duet. I mean, I would be willing to go over and, like do that but I would really prefer to do it after the first performance that I do because hopefully it's good enough that I get a, on the bonus to my charisma stuff and then I can say and for an encore <laughs> do it 
I think I'd let you do that for two actions. So you'd have to make a check to... So basically your first check would be to perform, right? That would be your ship action for the night. And then, you know, if you're going to ask ask Grok for this favor, then Grok's going to have to, like, take you guys back up the deck, get the stuff. You know, I could, though. Which, which is fine. You could definitely do that. But without the risk of me being, in t- like, fatigued, just because I know I'm not going to be good at a lot of the other things that I have the potential of doing tomorrow, I could just potentially earn that plus one to charisma, hopefully, if I, like, roll well right, and then say, and for, tom- like, tomorrow, talk to Grok and be like, you know what would be better than one person? Two. Let's, do- let's have the duet tomorrow. So I could do that. Either way, I'm entertaining tonight as my main action. Okay. Hey, I heard Rosie knows some good Shackles tunes. Would be great, you know, if she got to play them. I know you like Shackles tunes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do do we want to start with that perform then? You want to go ahead and perform? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and cast musical accompaniment. Sure. And then as I start to perform, uh, like I'll I'll cast that as I start to perform. So then I will start performing officially, and I'll do a nice, you know, shanty from the shackles, specifically poor peril. And let's see how I do. At a plus eight with the musical accompaniment, and that's a total of 20. Okay, with a 20, you do gain that uh, plus one circumstance bonus on all charisma checks made to influence any listener. So anyone in this room. <laughs> so you have that bonus for the next 24 hours. All right, well, time to get influence. So that'll apply to your, you know, your diplomacies, but also, you know, if you were to perform again, it applies to that. It applies to uh, any charisma-based check that might be an alternative check to influence as well. How about the rest of you? I have a question. Sure. Was there a rigor, besides Grady, uh, today who was looking like they were struggling, particularly maybe one of the new guys, Connor or uh, Cogs? It did look like Cog was having a tough time. Cog didn't get whipped, but got what is called a rope bash, Ooh. which isn't a part of Bloody Hour, but it's, uh, it's like a lesser punishment. Uh, it's where one of the sealed ends of like one of the ship's ropes, instead of hitting somebody with like a, an actual whip, mm-hmm. he just got like whacked with that. Sure. Ooh. Similar to what Kaya got hit with with like the blunt end. Mm-hmm. Of the- <laughs> uh-huh. So he's like, he's not, he's maybe like rubbing his shoulder where he got hit, and he's like, man, this is gonna be like a real t- tough <laughs> couple of months. <laughs> Grady's right, like three months on this shit. <laughs> So, I would have climbed a little bit slower if I thought I was going to like have to climb 60 feet in the air like multiple times a day. <laughs> so Atlas is going to slither his way over to Cogs. Mr. Cogsworth, it was nice to serve with you up in the rigging, but it seemed like you were struggling a little bit. Have you not served on a ship like this before? Oh, hey, Atlas. Uh, no, I mean... I'm not a, I'm not a pirate, you know. I was a dock worker for a long time, but you know, in the shackles, I I've barely been on a ship compared to most people. And like, what what was he doing today up in the rigging? Was he just 
pulling ropes? Was he... I know he probably wasn't on lookout because Atlas was on lookout. Was he repairing shit? Because I know there's a, a whole bunch of yeah, different he activities. Yeah, he was uh, he was hauling rope, so okay. like one of the more physically demanding activities. Mister Cogsworth, I am no athletic myself, but there is a science to this. The thinking man can make the work easier, maybe for you, not with magics, but with logic. Let me show you. And I, I want to influence him, but I'm wondering if I... Because none of these activities gel well with an uh, intelligence caster here. If I can't show him, like, something with crafting, with ropes. Whether that's tying knots a certain way, or like, hey, the rigging is set up in such a way where if you climb uh, while you're holding a rope, you'll pull it taut over here so it's a little easier to climb that way. I'm kind of speaking out my ass here as a person who knows very little about ships, but I do think there's something there. And if it is just a diplomacy role, it is just a diplomacy role, but I think there's a, a logical way that he can try to explain some stuff like that to to someone who's a newbie. Sure. I think that I think that's a fair petition for that. Uh, I'm not going to let that work for every rigger, but of course. certainly... Certainly, someone that um, is pretty brand new to it. I think, I think that could apply. So why don't you go ahead and give me that roll? Okay. Observe. As he gets a twenty-one, you have a very productive conversation with Cog. Uh, so you, you guys are talking through the rope techniques, and he he kind of is like, "No, I think that's that's really going to help." Uh, Help me with tomorrow. I'm hoping I'm not as tired as I'm feeling right now. But listen, Atlas, in that, you know, and he starts to, like, turn a little bit red. Now, don't think that I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's a part of you being, like, a sacred Nagaji or something. That's why it happened or whatever. But, like, I was kind of curious about what was going on with the all that stuff you were doing in that bar fight. It looked like you were throwing glass at people. And, uh, you know, I, I know I spent, like, ten seconds of the fight just on my ass because, you know, all that spilled shit and everything. But I was watching you do that, and I just, you know, I've always been really interested in, like, the occult and that kind of thing. And uh, it, it looked like a different kind of magic than anything I've ever seen. Ooh, he's interested in the occult. <laughs> writing that down for later but Atlas, his eyes kind of light up a little bit and his shoulders almost lift up too as he realizes like this guy there might be a little bit more of a connection here than Atlas anticipated, he was just trying to curry a little favor with this guy but it seems like he might become a little bit of a confidant or at least show some interest in what Atlas is putting out or is able to do as I explained to my new friends over here what I do is similar to magics, but quite different. It comes from mastery of your own mind, as opposed to mastery of outside influences. I can do things with reality that others cannot. And if you would like to learn... Well, truthfully, I do not know if I can teach you. I've never tried. But at least you can understand and pursue your own research. I would like to continue this conversation at some point. I think we might have a lot to talk about. That's really interesting. I, you know, I thought you might have had one of them, they call them like 
the Pearls of Abendago, you ever heard of them? Before I answer that in character, has he heard about that? Um, got a couple lures, maybe? That would be a Shackles lure. I got that. Ooh, but I probably don't know what that is with a 10 total. Yeah, with a 10, I don't know that you would. Pearl of Abendago, you say? I am familiar with the hurricane, but no precious stones that come out of it. I've never seen one myself. I've been very interested in them. There's supposedly these stones that came, uh, that started showing up around the shackles around the time that the, uh, the hurricane arrived. And people that attune themselves to those stones get all kinds of strange abilities. That's why I thought maybe you had found one of the stones, because your magic looks like nothing I've ever seen before. And I thought maybe, like, since I haven't seen someone with, you know, that's attuned to one of those stones, that could be what it is. But if you've always had that kind of power, I, I doubt that's what it is. Atlas leans in a little bit. Fascinating. I would like to know everything about these stones. Perhaps you can tell me later. Yeah, I could. I mean, I don't know too much, but I could certainly clue you in on at least what I know. And with this check, you have firmly made Cog Cogsworth friendly. Um, you know that there's like one stage of attitude ahead of that. You could continue to speak with him tonight, or you could, you know, wait because you are fatigued. Yeah. And uh, remind me, is it just one night action that you get unless you stay you up late? You get one, and, and then the if you take another one, it's at a fortitude save. If you take another one, it's at a higher fortitude save. Atlas really, really wants to keep talking to this guy, but per Grady, we've got about two or three months of this to go, <laughs> so knows he has time. For a while. Yeah. And assuming no like other big events happen... They'll probably continue talking for a little bit uh, to like finish out the conversation naturally, and then he would excuse himself to get the rest of his sleep to not be fatigued for tomorrow. Sure. I'm sorry, one more thing. Uh, because of that conversation, and I know we've talked about influencing people before, did that unlock like occultism as a way to talk it to him? Did. All right, cool. Yep. Just wanted to confirm that. I thought that was the case. Yep. You don't think crafting will continue to work for him, though? Now that you've kind of clued him in on how to be a decent rigger. Hey, that's fine. I just needed to get my foot in the door. That was uh, That's what that was about. Kaya takes some time to look for the man that she met that was tied to the mast. Is he still there or was he released? He's still there. He He's... So you're on the same level. You're eating food on the same level that he is on. Uh, he's still tied, chained to the mast. Uh, somebody dropped him like a plate of food or a bowl of uh, stew, as it were. You see that his chain is tied looser, like longer. Like he has more mm. room after the day is done. When Kaya talked to him before, he mentioned enjoying playing games. 
could she try to build up a little bit more trust with him by playing a game and using a skill that isn't diplomacy? Yeah. Yeah, if you had something like games or gambling lore, I'd certainly give it to you there. I would allow something like a... Well, I'll let you petition to me because I, in my mind, something like a crafting would would make you like smart enough to come up with a game. Mm. In Kaya's mind, she was thinking, you know, maybe as watching some of the other pirates play their games. There was one about like throwing a a greased coin that was like a ranged attack. Oh yeah, so that that one was. Um... Greasy hog or something? <laughs> Greasy hog, yeah, that's that's what it was called. I mean, it wasn't uh, far that off. One, that one was called hog love. I was close. <laughs> and she's not interested in playing with all of the pirates, just more trying to play with right, him. Right, you're not trying to gamble. You're trying to... Um, entertain? Trying to with entertain him. Yes. Yeah. If it needs to be a diplomacy or performance, I understand. I'm untrained. Here's here's what I'll do. It's going to be... Are you trained in either of those, diplomacy or performance? No. Okay. So it's going to be a very basic performance check to get him to, like, be in on the game. And then your proficiency at the game is going to be through, like, attack rolls. Okay. I will take that on. Kaya wants to befriend him enough that she can help him, and so that'll be the first step. So she'll gather the materials needed and approach him. Sure. Mr. Plug says I eat dinner alone. What are you doing here? Well, good thing I'm not here to eat dinner then. I would like to play a game with you. What do you say? Is it a fun game or a mean game? I, I've i had enough of mean games. I, I don't want to get covered in more feathers. Or, no offense. <laughs> feathers suit you, but I'm not supposed to have feathers. I have enough feathers for the both of us. I promise this is a fun game. I even promise I swear to Besmara this will be a fun game his eyes kind of light up when you say you swear to Besmara that must be pretty serious not many people swear to a god you know Besmara would be very angry if this was to be a bad game a mean game well that's why it's a fun game I take her very seriously what kind of game do you have in mind? Also, what am I supposed to call you? Most people like to be called something. You can call me Kaya. What's your name? Everyone on the ship calls me Owlbear. Why's that? Uh, it's because they cover me in these feathers when they're feeling particularly mean. And I'm, I'm particularly big guy, so I, I suppose I look like an owl bear to them when they cover me in feathers. 
well, now there's somebody else on the ship with feathers. They shouldn't need to add any more to anyone else. My last name's Hotshorn, and I actually don't really mind getting called Owlbear. I just don't want this feathers stuck to me. But a tide burns. Well, maybe we can do something about that. But for now, let's have fun. Okay. Give me a performance check. Oh, boy. Okay. A 14. You describe the rules of this game to Albear in a way that he is able to understand. And so, what, what do you have in mind? He's receptive to Kaya. You consider that a success. Awesome. Well, I think she would have picked up a few small items so we can attempt to throw them. And maybe it's like a precision thing where you have to get closest to a target or throw it if there's a spare cup or something. Okay. So would that be a ranged attack roll to hit the target? Okay. Can I just try to, like, essentially use a harpoon? If you have a... To, yeah, okay. yeah, if you have a range weapon, you just roll that roll. Um, are you trained in small pebbles? <laughs> oh, should I take off the trained <laughs> proficiency? I, I guess I guess technically it would be a uh, improvised weapon. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's an additional... A, a negative, right? It's just your range attack roll minus two for... An, um, okay. An improvised weapon. Oh, well, if I'm doing this right, it nets out to zero, so <laughs> I should have just done <laughs> diplomacy to start with, but uh, oh well. Nice. That's a 13. So you toss your uh, your bit, your stone, towards a cup and miss it, and Albert tosses it and nails it and seems, like, delighted that uh, he he's, uh, I guess beaten you at <laughs> this round of this game. Not quite sure what the rules are, but knowing that he needs to hit this cup. Why don't you give me another one? Alright. Ooh, this time it's a 14. <laughs> Albert's got a 19, so again, just edges you out, uh, finesses this. Uh, we'll go one more round. Keep losing to him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah, oh, that's mm. not what you want to spend. Uh, yeah, because my dex cancels out the improvised weapon, and then I'm not I'm not trained in improvised weapons, so yeah, plus zero. Ooh, but a nineteen <laughs> this time. <laughs> wow, it isn't going to be enough, probably. Albert, uh, you you both sink it this time, and uh, because you've succeeded against his will DC on two-thirds of these checks, Albert isn't convinced that you let him win. Oh, okay. He is convinced that he <laughs> won himself. Good. Uh, he's like improvised weapon king, so you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you uh, brought a pebble to a rock fight. Oh. And uh, but Albert kind of smiles at you. You know, I'm pretty good at uh, this kind of stuff. I, I bet you wouldn't have thought that you are. I should have known if you liked games, you'd be good at them. 
it was really fun getting to play with you. I hope we can become friends. I might like that. I don't have any friends on the ship. I gotta do what Mr. Plug says. He doesn't really let me do much. He doesn't seem like anyone's friend. No, he's quite mean. Mean people don't make friends, do they? No, they don't. Has he been on the ship longer than you? Yeah. Yeah. I think he might be lonely, though. Being that mean. Hmm. You think he needs a friend? I don't know. I, I try to be his friend, but he's mean to me. But I just think if you mean to everybody, then it's got to be lonely. He's not mean to the captain. He's not really mean to that to uh, Mr. Scourge. Mm-hmm. He's not mean to the people that uh, Master Scourge likes, I guess. Or not especially mean. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he asks me to beat somebody up, though. Somebody wants to be mean to. And I'll have to do it because otherwise I'll get punished. Is that your role on the ship? Well, they lock me up here because I don't want anybody getting into the into the officers' quarters at night. Oh. And uh, they don't think I know, but I know why I'm here. Cause I, they don't think I can get along with anybody on the ship or do nothing but punch people. But I listen sometimes when they talk because... What else am I supposed to do down here? Oh, now that's interesting. I really enjoy stories. I'd love to hear some of the things you hear. Well, I I just worry I'll get in trouble, and I've only known you for a little bit of time, and I really don't like getting whipped. Yeah, that's not fun. How about next time I come to play a game, you can tell me a story as well. All right, but you got to get better at the game or it's going to be no fun. (laughs) I will do my best, and maybe we can find... I like to win, but not if there's no competition, Miss Kaya. (laughs) I got to find a game I'm good at, too. Good luck. It better not be throwing pebbles, because I'm the king of throwing pebbles. That you are. That's why they call me Owlbear, because I can throw a whole pebble. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. No, it's on account of all the feathers they glue on me. (laughs) (laughs) Started talking some mad shit. (laughs) Confidence restored. Uh, I love this guy. (laughs) The... uh, the result of this interaction is you've moved him from unfriendly to indifferent. Nice. Uh, so he has warmed up to you. Okay. What does greater uh, wit do during? Wit would first want to do some influencing. Who would you like to influence? In particular, Grog. Grog. Uh, grog. You can drink Grog whenever. <laughs> They already took their their whiskey. No no need for more. Wit would approach Grok and say, Now, when I was first taken on the ship, there should have been a satchel with uh, healer's tools within. Any chance that's still back in your uh, 
your inventory back there. Oh, I suppose uh, anything that you had on you before coming aboard would be there. So if you if you've got healer's tools that you are looking for, I'm sure they'd be at my shop. I'd be happy to sell them back to you at a price. Well, I might petition to to be able to to use them at at will based on the the nature of my position with Ambrose you see uh working with knives and and sharp utensils it lends to frequent cuts here and there infection can be quite a, a devastating sentence for a, a sailor at sea well that's why we've got uh, old Habley the surgeon aboard <laughs> Most call him the Stitch Man. I'm sure if you are the new cook's mate, Ambrose could tell you all kinds of stories about having to get stitched up. That old drunk, more clumsy with a knife than your average cook. What was that, uh, that, that was Ambrose you were talking about, not the surgeon? Yes, Ambrose. Oh. No, our Habley is, uh, quite proficient. He's the ship's uh, surgeon and carpenter. Often they use the same tools on a pirate ship. I think that would lend that much more weight to my my request in from a sense of uh, s- spread of disease and and whatnot. But if, if that if that must be the case, I, I guess that that must be the way it is. I'll tell you what. I'm quite fond of the drink, but not... It gets old to drink rum all the time. I know you're the new cook's mate, and so you've got access to the galley. If you could convince Ambrose to part with some of his wine or other delicacies, or you just take it and bring it to me. I'd happily trade it for your medical tools. Ah. I might even throw in another one of your items, if you're lucky. Now that sounds like a mighty fine offer. I'll keep that in mind, Gok. I, I appreciate and will res- respect the discretion, I'm sure, that this type of uh, agreement might entail. Oh, I won't tell old fish guts on you. He and I go way back. I, to tell you true, I don't think he'd quite mind if you were stealing some alcohol from the galley. He's stolen enough to sink a ship in if you catch my drift. I do. And, you know, he... While while we were doing our normal duties, mentioned that you and he were with uh, Harrigan previously on a, a crew together. Is that true? I, I, we, we've served under Harrigan for quite some time, and I'm quite curious as to as to how how then you y'all have stayed together for so long and and have found yourselves aboard this ship now 
curious how. He's quite a powerful captain. You'd be wise not to cross Captain Harrigan. In fact, I think Ambrose and I have stayed so long out of that fear. Mm. There's... Well, the pay is fine, and the accommodations are fine. And it'd be best not to cross a man like Captain Harrigan. He might see you leaving the crew as slighting him. I can't really come up with too much else to ask her if if the healer's tools are going to, to stay behind or stay in her inventory, I guess. Yeah, she's going to keep them, but if you bring some booze mm-hmm. to trade, she'll trade them to you. Well... And you've learned that she likes uh, booze other than rum. Yeah. Which could be useful in influencing her. Yeah. Uh, Well. Would you like to influence her? Yeah. You haven't done an activity technically here. I would. I was hoping to be able to do a medicine check from a a sense of talking about how disease spread and working with sharp cutlery and how... Those that would be helpful in a cook setting, but if that if neither neither of those will work, uh, wit would certainly be open to I guess a, a flat diplomacy check. Flat diplomacy check. Um, do you just have that lore navigation? Do you have any other lore? Correct. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't really think you're going to influence her with medicine. So I think, yeah, probably just, like, a diplomacy check or, again, like, you know, she likes performances, but um, not necessarily shitty ones <laughs> if you have no modifier. Okay. All right, that's a 15. Okay. Uh, with a 15, I mean, she's already she's already friendly, so she's willing to trade with you. Um but that doesn't get her up to helpful, per se. Um, but it doesn't hurt anything either. You, you certainly, you know, you have a nice conversation with her. She's willing to give you some information about her past. Uh, and she's obviously willing to make this trade for you. I think uh, while this role maybe doesn't get you an attitude change from her, it certainly makes it more likely that she's going to give you a little bit more than your medical tools tomorrow if you bring, like if you bring some high-quality booze. All right. How about Grady? What's Grady oh, doing? Actually, I'd like to do a second action tonight. Oh, you're going to do a second I, action? I would. Okay. I would. Let's, let's roll the okay. die. Let's get, let's get a fortitude save out of you. Oh, boy. Oh, that can't be good. With a one okay. on the die. Natural one. So with a, with a nat one, I still think you're just fatigued. Um, there's there's no real crit fail condition to this, so um, so you're fatigued, but you can do something. Wit would like to sneak. Okay. Uh, where do you want to look? Wit would like to look for the um, the map room if there is one on this this ship, or or the equivalent um, of if that's possible. Sure, go ahead and make me stealth check first. We're going to say you're 
you know, making like you're gonna go to bed, and then you kind of like sneak up to the main deck. Okay. What'd you get? 18 total. Uh, you're not observed. Why don't you go ahead and make me a perception check at a plus three because it's the sneak at night activity. All right. Oh, natural 20 on the die. Okay. The natural 20, you learn a couple of things. You learn that both of the officer's doors and both of Captain Harrigan's doors, as well as the staircase up to Captain Harrigan's room, are trapped. Oh. You do not find a separate map room. In fact, you think if there are maps on this ship, they're in Harrigan's room. Okay. And I guess that would concludes con- conclude Wit's night activities? Sounds good. Grady. I think Grady would like to sidle up to old fish guts and attempt to influence him. Sure. Oh, you just heard he had boobs, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, as a player, I've heard that, but my character does, does not know that. Uh, Greedy's gonna uh, walk on up to him. Hi, Chef Ambrose. You wouldn't happen to be professionally trained, would you? Because that fish stew, I could have sworn, came from the halls of some highfalutin <laughs> Galtic restaurant. You know, I am quite uh, the cook when I'm not too lost in the sauce, as they say. <laughs> no, I was never classically trained, but I do have a fondness for the craft, and I did have a bit of help today from, uh, I think you are acquainted, uh, your friend, Wit. Aye. They were willing to put up with my drinking all afternoon. <laughs> well, sometimes the drinking can help a task along, I. Now, I've been on many a ship in my day, and I've got to say, the galley is the beaten heart of any vessel. And this ship here, I reckon, has a strong pulse. <laughs> you could say that we do have quite a few wild chickens running through the galley. Couple of live animals, couple of tons of rum. Hi. <laughs> Are you planning on stocking up for any supplies on this voyage here? I myself, oh, back in the day when I was much more younger, as we all wish we were, I spent some time trapping wild animals of exotic sorts and understanding some of their weaknesses. I was thinking. As we all get to know each other a bit, if there's ever something you might need offshore, that perhaps I could be part of the crew, what gets you it? Ah, we will do some fishing off the boat. That happens quite often, but uh, it is not something I think uh, myself and Wit cannot handle. However, if there is a particular set of ingredient that I perhaps uh, need to acquire on an island or something, well, I will keep you in mind. Aye, that would be good. You wouldn't happen to know what the intentions of the captain are for this voyage, aye? I imagine he's stocked up with a certain amount of rations and uh, potentially some ideas about what he's getting on with with this extra crew. I'll need a diplomacy for this. Okay. Sneaky. Nice. Yes. 
looked like it was going to be a one, but it it uh, rolled up 19. That's a 26 total. Okay. How exciting. This is a critical success on his, um, on influencing him. Yes. So, Fish Guts goes from indifferent to helpful to the party. <laughs> you got damn right he does. At this stage, <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think he does. He he takes a liking to Grady, probably because they see a little bit of themselves in each other. Um, and he, um, and he's willing to divulge. He kind of, uh, he pulls you aside, probably like a little bit later in the evening. However long it takes for like the first action to die down, like maybe Calypso's song is, is like playing is dying down, and he pulls you aside and he begins to kind of list off like, well, we have fourteen pigs to be slaughtered. We have um, enough food in the galley for. I don't know, two, three weeks, fresh water for a month. I think the captain means to head to the fever sea, plunder the shipping lanes. There was talk uh, before we picked the group of you up, which by the way, uh, many sorrows and apologies for. I do not like to, well, I do not like the end of a night of drinking to devolve into trickery, but our capitan, he told us we needed to come back to the ship with crew members or we would be facing uh, quite the punishment. So Grok and I, we did what we had to because well, we are the most fun at drinking on the ship. I the heart can't stop what the brain wants to do, but it feels nonetheless. I, I pick that up that from is, you. Uh, that is quite the truth. And uh, and so we have enough crew, although we are light, to sail the ship well. The Wormwood, we have not been on her for too long. Uh, Aragon is still new to the ship learning the ropes and so we needed a whole new crew as it were lost many uh, or at least when I joined Aragon had said he lost much of his original crew maybe that was fighting the Chalish Navy or sailing through the eye I do not know, but he had to rebuild the crew, and you are all part of that rebuild effort, as well as most of us. I think only Plug, maybe a few others, were with him on that trip across the eye. Aye, so the captain intends to plunder the lanes of the Fever Sea. Is this his usual stomping grounds? Has he made this venture before? Or is this some new idea he's got? I think he is uh, attempting to build up a reputation with this new ship uh, to earn a port of his own, join the Pirate Council perhaps, once he is strong enough and has built a name for himself. Aye, so he intends, I suppose. I suppose a captain of such power can brute force such a thing to happen, but 
Hi, the going's a lot easier when you got a, a willin' and uh, uh, a crew what trusts you and respects you without the need for all the pain. Wouldn't that be the dream? Aye, indeed. A capitan that treats us well, and I, keeping the crew's bellies full, day in and day out. Oh, the poisson cooking with my new friend Le Grenouille. I think things may be looking up. You just don't know it because you've only just arrived. Aye. Well, perhaps we keep dreaming, why don't we? Well, they say the best dreams are we say spot of the best drinks. And he like kind of like uncorks a little rum he's got to himself and takes another rations worth. Grady would also pass him the uh, the chalice, the flask that he has as well. Oh, I think he would maybe uncork his, but if you pass him the chalice, he yeah. would uh, he'd take a sip of that. Oh, this is interesting. What uh, what do you put in here, my friend? It tastes quite good. I well, that's the secret. I haven't quite figured out myself how the damned thing works, but you drink it, and it stays full somehow. Oh, at this, Ambrose's eyes like grow three sizes. His liver <laughs> grows three sizes. <laughs> And he just smiles at you. I think you should stay close to the galley. Anything you want, just let me know. With a item like that, we are going to be quite the pals on this ship. Oh, well, it's good to make a friend under such dire circumstances. And I imagine later, once the crew gets together and when, like, we talk as a group, I feel like a trade could easily be made for chalice drink or chalice drink for uh wine or whatever you know we'll we'll get to that wits fatigued effect would effectively go away with with the sleep correct his sleep yeah perfect because it's just cook friend status achieved helpful hell yeah that was a great role that was great yeah happy with that not gonna push my luck any further tonight something else i guess to to maybe clarify all of the information that we gather during this like especially wits the sneak would be able to tell the rest of the party correct or yeah i assume assume at some point like this this evening you 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 all kind of have hammocks in like the same area in the perfect perfect awesome and so with the old salts uh, having their conversation and everybody else, you guys got a lot uh, done tonight. Yeah. Um, We're good pirates. Yeah, you, you did a fantastic job uh, gathering some information, influencing people. Uh, how to win friends and influence people. Hmm. Chapter one. Chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, you all head below decks to sleep. And the next morning, you're not really used to the the waking at dawn that you're supposed to do on the ship. And so there's plenty of movement among the other pirates, and it wakes you up, certainly. But you're kind of like the slowest to, to rise, and you get up as a group and head up, like attempt to head up to the, um, to the main deck just as like Scourge is calling for 
for everyone to be at their post. And four members of the crew, people you haven't interacted with yet, block the exit and crack their knuckles and attempt to start something. And I think I need you guys to finish your rum rations. We'll see you next oh, week. We're getting oh, jumped. We'll end the fight next week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Skull and Shackles is copyright 2012. Skull and Shackles and Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, and their respective logos, characters, and artwork are property of Paizo and used with permission. If you enjoy this show, consider listening to our other Pathfinder 2E show, The Bestow Curse Podcast and supporting us on Patreon, where you can get exclusive access to our other actual play content.